Hello, my name is Lydia Massett, and I am the web editor of The Leaf. This year's very first podcast is called, Will the Real Mr. Mater Please Stand Up? So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today with us, we have Mr. Mater, the principal of Sycamore High School, and we have Mr. Lothrop. So why don't you um, tell us something about yourself? Um, yeah, my name's Randy Lothrop. I've been teaching at Sycamore for 33 years. And, uh, and I am a longtime friend of Mr. Mater's. Um, and it all started back when he was a math teacher at Sycamore. So I'm Doug Mater. I'm principal of Sycamore High School. I've been here now for six years. Prior to that, I was at King's for eight years. Prior to that, I was here at Sycamore for six years. Um, I was an assistant principal for three years and a math teacher for three years. And like Mr. Lothrop said, we met over 19 years ago, and um, I can still remember the day when uh, it was the first teacher work day, and everybody had their friends, and they were doing their thing, and it came to lunchtime, and I thought I was going to have to go have lunch by myself, which I'm a very much a social introvert, but Mr. Lothrop asked if I would go have lunch with him and his friends, and we've been friends ever since. Okay, so going off of that, if you could give one piece of advice to all the students in the building, what would it be? I, I think the biggest piece of advice, um, and we talk, kind of talked about this as a staff um, in our first meeting this year, and also said something to the classes in each class meeting, trying to understand where somebody's coming through. Everybody has um, difficulties in their lives, and we don't necessarily portray them. Um, but something's always going on on the inside, and trying to be empathetic with people and understanding where they come from, instead of jumping to judgments. Um, it, it can be as small as someone's not talking to you because they're an introvert, where some people will think, well, that person's stuck up or rude. Um, we're really finding out what's going on or if somebody's mean to somebody else. You know, What's the root cause of that? And I think if you can develop that empathy skill um, and finding out truly what's going on in somebody's heart, it will build that relationship closer and also build to understanding of people. Um, knowing the history of both of your friendship, what are some interesting tales that you would like to share with our students about your friendship from 19 years ago? Well, why don't you tell your favorites? <laughs> I'll, try to, yeah, I'll try to paraphrase this, but uh, there was a time that Mr. Mater um, had knee surgery, and, uh, and so I was picking him up and, and taking him to school and bringing him back to his house, and it dawned on me one afternoon when I dropped him off that uh, his, his yard needed to be mowed. So I offered to mow his yard, and he said, yeah, I'd really appreciate that, Randy. So I did. I, I mowed his yard, and I mowed it just like I do at home. I took great pride in making diagonal, um, you know, progressions across his yard. And, and when I finished, I went up to his uh, door, and, and he said, uh, you know, Randy, when I mow my yard, I cut it diagonally just like you do, and then I cut it again perpendicular to that diagonal, and it looks great. And I started laughing. Um, and then when I looked into his eyes, I realized he was being serious. <laughs> so, so guess what I did? 
But I went back <laughs> out and cut his <laughs> yard diagonally to the way I cut it, and it did. It looked a lot better. So that gives you just, uh, it is, it's kind of a funny thing, but um, uh, it's a true story. So, and I, I do remember that. And I, I don't remember telling him to go back out and mow it. But, <laughs> um, but back, in the, back in the day, I was pretty uh, obsessed with my lawn and making sure that it looked correct. So I, I think the most touching story um, with our friendship is it was a it was a couple years ago. It might have been three years ago. Um, I was going through a tough time in my life, and uh, Mr. Lothrop was too. His daughter was really sick, and she was in the hospital. And uh, my struggles were not near as as burdensome as what he was going through. Uh, but he knew I was struggling, and it was probably 10:30, 11 o'clock at night when he left the hospital and he came straight to my house to spend time with me uh, because he knew I was hurting. And we sat at the kitchen table and we talked. And um, So that, that'll tell you the depth of friendship and the kindness. Um, and I think that's, that's why our friendship has grown over time because I know that whatever I ever need, he will always be there. Um, so, and our families love each other. And so Mr. Lothrop and his wife, Christine, are the ultimate role models for my kids. So we've gone on vacations together, and uh, they truly are the example of what a, a good marriage is. And um, and I I hope that my kids see that through them, and they emulate that. So they my kids are like their secondary kids. <laughs> So it seems like you have a lot of values of like Sycamore High School and what it should be. So what are you most proud of, of how it's like evolved through the years, and what's your favorite aspect of it? I have my own thought, but Mr. Lothrop, what do you think? So in the past six years, what have you seen? Yeah, I I would sum it up as, um, so so all three of my children went to a neighboring high school who name I'll leave unmentioned. But um, whenever they come to this school, they talk about how different it is in in just walking through the hallways here. And it's something I think we take for granted, but alluding to what you were saying earlier about how how relational teachers are with their students and how... um, how different that is from the high school, the neighboring high school that they that they graduated from, and so and I think that's a direct result of the um, you know the, the atmosphere that Mr. Mayor has, has fostered since he's been at Second War and wanting wanting there to be a a, a, a love serve care kind of a um, atmosphere, and I think that happens over time, and I think it's uh, for those of us who are here, we, we don't know how good we got it because if, if, if you were in another school, you'd, I think you'd see a different, have a different feeling. And I, I think the, the biggest thing that this leadership team and the staff can be proud of is the respect that we are giving to students right now. Um, and we've, we've always said, if we respect the students, they will give it back to us tenfold. And, and it's, it's really true. You just... You look. You walk down the halls. You look in the commons. It, it, there's just such a good feeling right now. Um, you know, six years ago we used to have to babysit the Ave Cave at football games. 
and what they were going to cheer. I don't even have to look at them anymore. It, it's just, it's self-managing. It's, uh, I think people are taking pride in who we are becoming. Talking about your professions and SHS, what is one common uh, misconception or funny misconception about your professions? Something that's misheard or mis it's not true, but people usually think that it is. Oh, I can tell you, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, I think a, a lot of people think that, um, that you go into teaching for June, July, and August. <laughs> you have, and, and, and I can genuinely say to you that um, being a teacher, the students that I have in class bring out the very best in me. And so um, I, I um, don't feel that way at all. Um, and, and, and that I never walk through these doors in the morning and feel like I'm going to a job. And that just being a teacher and being around students, that the students that I have in class bring out the very best in me. And for me, I, I think, you know, there's a saying, if you can't do, you teach. Um, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions in the world. Um, so I have a military background, I have a business background, I was a consultant. Um, people that are in this business, the majority of us, are in this business because it truly is our lifelong legacy or passion or spirit or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it does rejuvenate us. Um, you know, when that alarm goes off at 4.45 in the morning, I don't want to roll over and go, I just don't want to go to work. And I don't feel it is work. Um, and, you know, the mis misconception of June, July, and August truly is a misconception. Just like, well, teachers only have to work from 7.20 to 2.20. That, that's not true either. Um, the number of hours that we put in and the emotional stress because we do love the students in this building. When we see students struggling or when students get in trouble, you know, we're always worried about those different pieces. Um, it has to be um, your passion. So on that subject, do you think it's as important for kids to have fun in their classroom and actually enjoy being there as much as it is to like follow your strict curriculum and testing schedules and everything like that? <laughs> to me, um, and, and we talk about this with teachers all the time, and we talk about this with district office and the board, um, you know, we're under a lot of stress from the state with air testing and ACT testing and all that stuff and we need to show performance. But it is our fundamental belief in this building that building relationships with students is first and foremost. Everything else can be a priority, but that's fundamental that we have to do. So I think that it is essential that students enjoy, have fun, and understand what's going on in the class. Is it going to be hard sometimes? Is it going to be boring once in a while? Yes. Um, but it is fundamental to really grasp enjoyment out of the process in the classroom. But again, it, it comes down to that relationship. If you have a relationship with your teacher or your administration and it does get tough, it's okay. It's okay. Again, this is really hard. And then somebody's there alongside you to walk you through it. You know, I, 
I don't necessarily like to clean my house every week. And, you know, but my kids are there along with me, and they don't like to do it either. But if we do it all together, then we enjoy the, the back end of it, a clean house. It's just like in, in learning. Yeah, we have those standards to do all that stuff. And we can get through that together. Since we are talking about fun and engagement, involvement in high school, what are some fun tales you would like to share with our audience about your high school experiences? Some mm. fun, quirky tales. Mm. <laughs> this isn't a fun, quirky tale, but I, I would just say that part of what makes me, if I'm a good teacher, part of what makes me a good teacher is that, um, is that I didn't do school well when I was your age. So I, so I think if, if school went really easily for me, then, um, then I might not be as good of a teacher because then I'd be like, uh, I don't understand why you don't get this. You know, this is so easy. Like, why don't you get this? Mm -hmm. And so I think that enabled me to kind of, kind of understand why people struggle and how to come alongside them um, better. So that, that, that's not a direct answer. That's the first thing that came to mind for me. Yeah, I, w I was in the same boat as Mr. Lothrop. I, I didn't do school well. Matter of fact, I did it very poorly. Um, and I hated school with a passion. Um, <laughs> Any mischievous thing in high school, I've done it um, to the point of prom used to be held in the gym where you decorated the gym for, an, uh, for a whole week and it, you transformed it. Our, our junior prom theme was Stairway to Heaven, so it kind of looked like heaven in, in, our, in our gym. And we had faculty advisors that would make us quit like by 9 o'clock at night. Well, we weren't going to get it done, so we hid in the gym. And then they left, and then we started decorating. We were, we were actually not doing anything wrong for a change. We were just working in there. And they brought the police back with them. And uh, so we got in a little trouble for that. Uh, but that wasn't the only time I was in the office. So um, I'm kind of like at home being in the principal's office again. <laughs> so you see students come to school every day. What do you think the biggest change is from freshman to senior year? Like, what are some of the things that are different between those grades? Uh, for me, you know, the, uh, the mental maturity is just astronomical. Where, and you can see it when you're down in the lunchroom. You know, you watch the freshmen eat. And, <laughs> you know, they're still, they're still trying to grow into their bodies. And they don't know how to control their energy. And they're all over the place. And... Um, I, had to, I had to remind them, you know, we're not in the junior high anymore. And you're not, you're not supposed to chase each other around the table. And then, the biggest jump I see is between sophomores and juniors. It's like something clicks in the brain. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, I gotta get this now. And it, they're much calmer. And okay, I, I kind of understand this high school game now. And then when they're seniors, that's when, that's when everybody blossoms into this this amazing young adult, most of them, okay? Some of them are still back in the freshman year maturity way. And most of them are just scared because they don't, they haven't figured it out yet. Uh, but that's, that's when you can really, as staff members, build relationships with students and really make a difference because now they're really in search of what am I gonna do? And, uh, you know, to me, the enjoyable conversations that you have with juniors and seniors about next stages in their life and how they get it now and 
that's when you really start falling in love with this place and they understand, you know what, this is a really good place and the teachers are here to help us and they, they get that. It's not us against them anymore. And I think that's, that's why the culture shifted in the building because we have now upperclassmen that get it, you know, and then because if you have juniors and seniors that are misbehaving and causing ruckus, freshmen see that and they're going to do that when they're juniors and seniors. And now we, we just don't have that anymore. And that, that's such a good feeling. What kind of tree would you identify yourself with? <laughs> I would be a Buckeye tree. Um, why? Because um, I, I think I think I remember, A, I love Ohio, okay? And it's a Buckeye, okay? Also, a Buckeye tree is, uh, it carries fruit, but the fruit's not any good for anything. <laughs> Um, I would hope to be a maple tree because I think of it as having a sturdy foundation and I kind of want that to be true about myself. Are you more of a savory person or more of a sweet desert person? So would you prefer salty, spicy snacks or sweet desserts? Yeah, that's an easy one for me. (laughs) Mr. Lothar can answer that one for me. Yeah, sweet. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm a salty. Do you guys secretly look forward to the Halloween when all the seniors get to dress up and run around school <laughs> causing havoc? Well, yeah, for me, it's nothing like it is for Mr. Mater. For me, it is a very enjoyable thing because it, I sense from the student body that this is something that they've been thinking about for three to four years about <laughs> what they're going to do that day, and it's fun to see that all um, take place. I, I can honestly tell you it's the... It has been the worst day of the year for me. Um, my blood pressure skyrockets that day um, because, it, to me, it's it's one bad thing. It's one second away from a really bad thing happening. So I, I'm always worried about it. But I can tell you, last year was the best day because people stayed within the guidelines. Everybody was safe. Nobody did anything stupid. And if 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 people do that. Then we can really engage in that process. You know, that's why we've changed the. You, know, you have a full hour for lunch. We provide pizza for you because we want it to be a fun day for seniors. We we truly do, but there's within limits. You know, it's just like when you're at home in your in your parent or guardian's houses. You know, they want you to enjoy it, but they have to put some container on it. Like you know, oh yeah, go out and have fun. Just make sure you're home by Sunday night. Well, they don't do that. They say, okay, you need to be home at a certain hour. And they put restrictions on it. So that's what we do here. What was your favorite Halloween costume when you were trick-or-treating <laughs> back in the days? For me, uh, Spider-Man was just, you know, I've just always been a big Spider-Man guy. So that would be. I have a picture of myself somewhere, but my, my favorite thing was the Superman costume. But I wore that more than just Halloween. I thought I was Superman when I was a little kid. <laughs> I even tried to fly off the porch. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay, so going back to the seniors dressing up, what are your other favorite like days that Sycamore has? Is it homecoming, prom, flight fest? Um, I really like homecoming. Um, just because it's the whole student body that's been invited. So you see 
awkward freshmen to mature seniors intermingling, and then you, you, you really see some guards come down, and the energy that's in the gym is just electrifying, um, and I really enjoy that. I do enjoy prom just because it's a sophisticated adult-like atmosphere that you can see students in. Um, other favorite times of the year, I, I love senior picnic. Mm -hmm. It's the one last time seniors can be a kid. So they go out and play games and then, they, then we feed them and all that stuff. And, and then it culminates with graduation day. Graduation day is, is by far my favorite day we put a lot of effort and energy in making it a perfect ceremony. Those of you have um, been telling us how close your relationships, or at least you hope your relationships are with the students, especially as they move from sophomore to junior to finally the graduation. Being with them for three to four years, seeing them every day, becomes a very close and emotional relationship. How do you feel once they go away and leave, and then you have the next class coming in? What's what's the mindset that you have during that certain period of time? Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely cyclical, and you, I guess I would say it's something like um, a, a relation, ideal relationship with a parent with a child too, because through the whole process, you're um, the whole idea is that by the time they're seniors, they're, you're ready, you know, they're ready to soar, they're ready to take off. And so then it becomes a, just an excitement when you have a chance to interact with them um, in their adult lives and, and see what kind of choices they've made and where they're going. And so, um, so I just always excited to hear from kids that, that I got to know well while they were in high school. And for me, it is so much different being an administrator because you don't get as close to students as you do when you're in the classroom because I'm not with them every day, um, and you can really build that close relationship. But to, to see students go off and, and pursue what they want to pursue and find that happiness um, is so rewarding when you see it on Facebook or Twitter or they drop you a note. Um, there are some relationships that you will always stay with. You know, um, I taught Mr. Cortiel, um in his senior year 2000-2001. I was his BC calculus teacher. Um, and, and he's been like my son since then. And we've always stayed in touch. Even when he was in college, in the military, um, and that's one of the reasons he's back here working. Um, and that's, that's unique. Um, but there's still, there's still times when students reach back out to you. I got a message on Twitter this weekend from a student that I taught in 1997. She owns a restaurant in Costa Rica now, and she wow. just talked about her time in my classroom and what she, she went to college, she was in animation, she worked in Hollywood for a while, and then traveled the world, and you know, if you're ever in Costa Rica, I wanna buy you dinner, you know. For a teacher, that's what we live for that if we could be just one piece in their brain um, that made a difference. And 99.99% of the time, it's not because I taught her the quadratic formula <laughs> or how to differentiate an equation. 
It is because you made somebody feel important and cared for. Like I was talking about Larry Kanapke. That was 50 years ago. Right? Not that long. 40, 46 years ago that I had him. Okay, But he still made an impact. And I wrote him a letter about five years ago. Told him what he meant in my teaching career. And I saw his wife and she said, you know, he doesn't cry that much, but he cried when he read your letter and he put it up on the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's one lesson we can all learn. Of, you know, when somebody makes a difference in your life, you need to recognize that. I don't care when it is. If it's 50 years from now, you recognize it. Mr. Lothrop ran into um, a teacher that he had in high school when we were on vacation. And he made a point to tell that person, you know, you made a difference in my life, you know, and it, it, that's what teachers live for. Since you did mention Twitter, and we know how much you love interacting on Twitter with students, with the organizations that we have in the school, teachers, what are your, so, your favorite social medias other than Twitter? Hmm. You know, when Twitter came out, I told myself I would never get on Twitter. Um, and I can thank Mr. Cortile for that, because Mr. Cortile created the account for me. Um, so, I, so I do like interacting and showing off what Sycamore does. Um, on a personal level, you know, I have an Instagram so I can follow my nieces and nephews and their kids <laughs> and see what's happening. So my nephew created a, a uh, Instagram for his son. And he posts every day, like his son is posting it, you know. Like, oh. you know, today I had some really good cookies and milk with that, you know. Um, or if he's got a funny look on his face, it, it just, it is really cute. Every day there is a new post that, and there's a picture of him, so it's really cute. Um, the other thing, I am on Facebook, but just for family and some really close friends, just so my 87-year-old mom can see that my daughter went to the football game with me or something like that. So we, we got my mom a iPad a few years ago, and I thought she would never even understand it. Uh, but my, my son taught her how to use it. She's probably more proficient at it than I am now. And she emails, she's on Pinterest, she's on Facebook, she's on Twitter, she's on Instagram, um, and she can screenshot and post things. And, so I know it's a good day when she likes one of my tweets. <laughs> uh, for me, I would say Facebook. So I, I, I grew up and I never lived anywhere for three years. So I had a lot of friends from different different places. And so to uh, it's a great way for me to see um, what they're doing now. So, so I would say Facebook. On Snapchat, there are the, um, interesting and funny filters. Have you ever tried using them? What was your experience, if so? I have never. My daughter does all the time. So <laughs> my daughter has done that with me and Mr. Lothrop's mom. and uh, So she she loves doing all that stuff. But I don't have a Snapchat account, so I don't, I couldn't even even use it. So, But my kids are all on it. So. Yeah, and yeah, I'd, be, I'd echo that just through my kids, not, not myself. Do you think you'd be willing to make one as like as something you'd connect with students and like all the younger people in the school? If if the Leaf Media <laughs> says that would be a good idea, I would. I think it will be. I think so. You do? Yeah. 
Well, you're going to have to help me with that. <laughs> okay. Okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. You're going to be in charge of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so wrapping up the discussion, I would want you to give some something you've learned from your own experience that would might might help other students. I'll go first so we can finish with Mr. Mater. Um, I would say something that I've learned that it may be the biggest nugget, if you would, is just uh, live for today. Live in the moment. And I think we were we were all created that way, and uh, don't worry about the future, and, uh, and and just savor the the what you have this day and this moment. The future will take care of itself. Yeah, and mine's very similar. Be content who you are. Mm. Um, there's so many times in this world we're unhappy because we're not content who we are as a person. Because we're always looking at somebody else. Well, you know, guys, Mr. Lothrop, he, you know, he's got a great marriage, and he's got his, he's got a really close relationship with his son and daughter, and yeah, you know, I'm jealous of that. You know, versus being content. You know, I have two 17-year-olds that live with two 18-year-olds now that live with me at home, and I have this awesome relationship with them, and, and taking pride and content of this is where I'm at today. I think I think that's what makes people's heart beat mm-hmm. is if you can be content because if you're always jealous of somebody else's money, somebody else's looks, somebody's always going to have more money than you. Always. Somebody's always going to be better looking than you. So there's only one person you have to be content with is that person that's looking back at you in the mirror, and that's that's mm-hmm. how we should live. Thank you. It was an interesting discussion, and thank you for your time. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.